Well, it's Tuesday morning. That means we're that in the podcast barn. That's right, bro. T, Doctor D, mm. here for our second in an installment of talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ this Easter season that both of us love so much. Yes, yes. Looking forward to it already. Yeah, I won't yeah. describe again my June bug suit. I did that last week. If you guys, <laughs> if you guys have not yet listened to last week, you will get a blast out of my June bug suit that I got as a child. That I am still. If I ever found that thing in a resale shop, right, I'd buy it. That's amazing. I would buy it. <laughs> I would frame it and hang it in the podcast barn. <laughs> Somewhere where the sun would hit it, so yes, and it would force reflect. me to look at it every week, every stinking <laughs> week. I uh, just, you know, a little like Dean Martin Frank Sinatra suit. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, besides that, Easter is just such a mm. awesome time, mm-hmm. awesome time. I, I enjoyed. I've even enjoyed uh, in my spare time this week going over the thoughts that we we're going to have today. Right. Just talking about it. I, this is uh, the second Easter in a row, unless you invite me. Mm-hmm. The second Easter in a row where I've not preached oh, on man. Easter Sunday morning, yeah. and I, you know, I did that for because thir- a few people know that I actually pastored another little church for mm-hmm. a couple of a year and a half, two Easters um, before that, right? And so that would have been thirty-two years in a row I preached on Easter Sunday mm-hmm. morning, and so. For last year, and now it looks like this year, I am not. Wow. And that's yeah. weird. That is weird. But, that you know, weird, huh? what that's done is allowed me to do this mm-hmm. with you on mm-hmm. the podcast, which I enjoy just as much as preaching and uh, studying mm-hmm. more, more in depth, actually, Brother yeah. T. Oh, yeah. More in depth. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I wish we sort of had recorded our pre uh, talk that I know. we just had. We had a great 30 minute conversation. We had pre podcast planning. We did. We that's did. good preachy talk. That's that's alliteration. That's the three P's. <laughs> Told somebody I, the, a pastor could not preach if it were not for the letter P. <laughs> the power of God, the presence of God, passion. the purity and passion of God. <laughs> uh, hold on, let me write that down. I'm looking I mean, for an outline for Sunday. He will preach, brother. <laughs> yes, it will. Yes, it will. I used to think about it. We were just talking about that too, alliteration, where my style is not alliteration as much, but the Great classic preachers mm-hmm. use alliteration. Nobody better than Adrian Rogers. Oh yes, man! But then he had the voice of God. He did stained glass vocal cords. <laughs> it's <brother>. incredible. <laughs> I mean, if I heard him just speak to me in the mall, <laughs> I would look up and say, "Your servant waiteth." <laughs> that's good. But that's yeah. the way it was, right. and yes. and so he had a mm. he had a little advantage over yes, all the other did. preachers. He did Beautiful that, voice. but when he had the content mm-hmm. that he had mm-hmm. and the understandability right. that people he spoke on people's level he did. where they understood yeah. there's great preachers that speak over our heads at mm-hmm. least over mine i don't right. know oh, if they ever swing well. over your head or either mm-hmm. but but so uh, alliterations are wonderful i don't preach that way mm-hmm. i just don't talk that way i don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that way you right. do a great job of alliteration well i try not to force it but uh, i've told my folks and in, in a humorous way i even pray in alliteration you know <laughs> <laughs> It's just the way my brain works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I yeah. think it's wonderful. I think I think that's uh, I like how God made us different. Yes, to definitely. do. You can do the same task different ways. Uh-huh. And uh, I go into a church, and we were discussing this. I, I preach a different way, and it gets people's attention, whether or not it's a great sermon or not a great sermon. It gets people's attention mm-hmm. because they're accustomed to right. Baptist preachers, at least preaching alliteration. Mm-hmm. And so somebody comes in, and does it differently. Now, if I were to be there for five weeks, they get tired of my. 
style because, you know, that's what you get accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And somebody come in with alliteration, they go, whoa, yeah. that's new. <laughs> that's great. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that. So yeah. it's good for me to kind of uh, hit and run. Right. It is amazing to stay someone, somewhere 30 years and folks not get tired of it. Can you imagine if I preached by alliteration after 30 years? <laughs> I would be doing Z's. <laughs> the zoological creation of man. <laughs> That's so true. So I I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Anyway. Hey, our subject today is, um, again, we're in the middle of this, uh, trying to lead up until Easter, and um, which we could call Resurrection Sunday if you want to. Mm -hmm. Someone asked me last week, why do we call it Easter? Mm -hmm. Really, uh, pretty pagan. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) The Easter eggs and the Ishtar and all the Uh things. But we are in the middle of talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and we're going to get on a little deeper into it today. And I've got some talking points here. We might stray a little bit, as we often do. But uh, something I don't want to spend a lot of time on, because I think you and I probably have explained it to a lot of people, and I think people who care to know have studied it for themselves. But mm-hmm. we talked about the cross last week, but how does a person actually die on a cross? It it doesn't seem like it would be immediate. Mm-hmm. So Take us through the process, Brother T, of how somebody dies on a cross. Well, I think um, definitely asphyxiation, suffocation, if you want to call it that. You know, you have your shoulders that will eventually be dislocated pretty soon, yeah. uh, right after you're uh, pierced with nails. And uh, then, as you and I have talked before, uh, the loss of body fluids and the loss of blood. Um, it's just, and then eventually your heart, your lungs and your heart, you have just multiple organ failure mm-hmm. and, and your heart just, uh, gives up, Yeah, you know, and so suffocation, asphyxiation, your heart just gives up. Um, that, that's, that, that's what I've read and studied on, uh, the death on a cross. And God, uh, is, is wonderful in that oftentimes he gives us little clues. Uh, it's been, it's been a while. But I have seen it, and I think you've seen it as well, because you've been to Israel more times than I have. One of my favorite places is the Museum uh, of Antiquities there yes. in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And uh, in an archaeological excavation years ago, they, they found in an ossuary, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in a little right, while yes. well, so don't look up that definition yet. We will <laughs> explain what that is. But they actually found an ankle bone mm. with a nail mm-hmm. driven through mm-hmm. it. And it... It shed new light to me because we'd always assumed that they had put one foot on top of the other and driven through the top of the foot through. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way this was done, and there's no no one saying that they did it the same way every time, but they were trained mm-hmm. in execution through the crucifixion. Uh, actually, they they put the feet together and drove through the mm-hmm. ankles right, yeah. into the cross. Right. And so you've even you're even twisted mm-hmm. sideways at the base, but still that gave the support of the ankle bones mm-hmm. so that when uh when when they needed a stretch and, mm-hmm. and, and they didn't stretch a person out entirely their length, but they were a little shorter mm-hmm. than their length is the way they crucified them, so that they were either pulling up with their arms to relieve the pain in their feet mm-hmm. or when the pain in the feet for supporting their weight was so great, they would drop. And when right. they did, they would, they would then feel mm-hmm. the just horrible pain right. of resting upon their arms. And then, so it was a constant mm-hmm. push up, pull down, push mm-hmm. up, pull yes. down. Yes. But when they did collapse down mm-hmm. to relieve the pain in their feet, 
that's when uh, all of their internal organs and their rib cage mm-hmm. and the weight of their body would press upon their lungs. Right. And they would do that as long as they could until they couldn't breathe anymore. Mm-hmm. And just they in order to, to breathe. they push up again. they push up again, yeah. and then the pain would exactly. return to the mm-hmm. feet, but they could breathe. And mm-hmm. so it was. there was no comfortable mm-hmm. situation on the mm-hmm. cross. Excruciating, exhausting. Yep. And uh, and the legs were not straight, as you say, they were bent to make it even harder, really, to push up, you know. Right. And uh, it is just, um, many have seen the Passion of the Christ, um, and that's a depiction. But It probably uh, was about the most uh, exacting, mm-hmm. detailed depiction. Right. Even the earlier movies weren't so graphic. Right. Uh, but... You know, you kind of take a little away from it when you mm-hmm. don't show it mm-hmm. to its full extent. It was mm-hmm. it was horrible. There's never been a way, I don't imagine, to die any worse because death wasn't immediate. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people would last on that cross for days. Yes, that way. Yes. Then you'd begin to have the the hunger mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. The body would just deplete itself of resources, right. and then nothing to drink, and, and and so they would starve to death, and then thirst to death, and then be dehydrated and scorched by the sun, eaten by the animals. There's just no more mm-hmm. horrible way no. to, to die. And then, that. Dr. D, to add to that is the shame that uh, crucifixion brought on it. I mean, just yeah. the they shame were naked. Yeah, too. they were naked. Yeah. And uh, people mocking them, laughing at them, you know, standing close to the yeah. crosses. And so, yeah, yeah, it was excruciating. We tend, to, we tend to get our picture of the crucifixion through the Renaissance artists. Yes, sanitize it. They sanitized it. Mm-hmm. They'd always make sure there was cloth in the right place mm-hmm. and that there wasn't too much blood mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was worse. Right. Oh, it was worse yes, much, much. So given that he died that way, could he have died any other way? Would it have been all right? What, what, would it have had the same effect had they tied rocks to him and thrown him in the Sea of Galilee or could they, as they did Stephen, could they have thrown rocks on top of him mm-hmm. until the point where he died? There were several different ways mm-hmm. to enact capital punishment mm-hmm. in that time, not just the Roman cross. There were other right. ways to do it. Right. What do you think? Well, you know, I always go back prophetically, I guess, um, and in Psalm 22, a messianic psalm, it says there in the middle of it, they pierced my hands and my feet. You know, and to me, that is just a beautiful picture uh, of the cross. And then in Zechariah twelve ten, it talks about they're going to look on those uh, him whom they pierced. Yeah. And so again, just um, uh, pointing out, I believe, uh, you know, the cross, the nails. And I, so I would say prophetically, mm-hmm. since it was laid out that way, and we talked last week about Jesus was slain before the foundation of the earth, you know. Um, and then with these two passages of Scripture, uh, that um, that it was the cross is the way that I look at it prophetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think added to that is that uh, we discussed the difference between the Yom Kippur goat yes. and the Passover lamb, mm-hmm. which Jesus, in effect, was both. Mm-hmm. And we see the picture of that in Barabbas, but also in the Jesus. As the Passover lamb, which John said, Behold the lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that he was a Passover lamb, that that lamb's blood had to be spilt. Yes. And then that blood was applied to the doorpost of mm-hmm. the home so that the death angel might pass over. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, in drowning, there's really not necessarily a loss of blood. Right. And, and stoning could be, but could also mm-hmm. be just the crushing of the body mm-hmm. and, and the stopping of the heart. So not only those scriptures that speak in a beautiful 
beautiful but horrible way if it's <laughs> possible um, that that it had to be the the loss of blood and the loss of blood the way that they died then was mm-hmm. by crucifixion I think also you go back uh, when Moses and the children of Israel were in mm-hmm. the desert uh, there was this plague if you will of vipers of snakes that yes. were biting the people and God instructs Moses to lift up a standard mm-hmm. uh, a flagpole if you will mm-hmm. that's what a standard is and and then I'll place on that a bronze serpent mm-hmm. And if they would look to that serpent, then they would live. Yes. And that that's in the New Testament is looked back as a picture of Jesus being mm-hmm. lifted up on the cross. The serpent being the, the embodiment of sin right. being put yeah. on the cross. That, mm-hmm. that our sin was laid upon Jesus mm-hmm. and that sin was crucified and we could have life. So I think in that respect, I think the cross is the way that God intended for it to happen. Yeah, John 3, uh, 14 and 15, it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, mm-hmm. uh, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so, yeah, I agree. And I lifted agree. up mm-hmm. was code for crucifixion. Yes, yeah. That, there was no other lifting mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, it's not just holding him above right. your head, that, that he's a dead right. body. The lifting up, he, he said that also. In John chapter twelve, mm. leading up to John fourteen, yeah. he said, I, "I must be lifted up." Yeah. And then in John thirteen, he said, "I'm going away, and you can't follow me." Right. And then John fourteen, he looks at him and said, "How yep. come your faces yep. are troubled?" <laughs> Wait a minute! Yeah. <laughs> you just exactly. said you're going to be crucified, and we and we're never going to see you again. Or they thought they were never going to yeah. see him again. And yeah. so, yeah, I think it, I think it would necessarily have to. And be then the, that the passage cross. just came to my heart: uh, "Cursed is any man that hangeth on a tree." Yes. And so, uh, so I yeah, I agree that. Uh, that it had to be uh, prophetically it had to be the cross there's a there's an event that takes place at the crucifixion that might if you didn't know the backstory might seem a little weird mm-hmm. uh, as the scripture is plain to tell us in John 19 mm-hmm. that while the Roman soldiers came by and broke the legs of the two criminals mm-hmm. on each one on each side of Jesus that they did not break the legs of Jesus. Now, mm-hmm. let's talk about, first of all, the very practical sense of mm-hmm. breaking the legs of somebody on a cross. And we kind of right. explained that earlier. We did. I mean, it's impossible really to lift up with broken legs. Yeah. And so it hastens, I think, the death of crucifixion. Yeah, the asphyxiation right. part of it, the, yes. the, the smothering, because mm-hmm. that when you pushed up, that was relieving the body of condensing or collapsing on itself mm-hmm. yeah. where the lungs couldn't breathe and the heart mm-hmm. couldn't beat. And so to to hurry, and they did so because of the Passover mm-hmm. was going to occur at six o'clock that yes, evening, yes. and so they needed to get the bodies off the cross. Mm-hmm. The Jews just did not want death hanging up there right. on on right. the time of the Passover, so they needed to get them off the cross and mm-hmm. dispose of them if they would, which is another story that we might want to talk about. But um, so the practical sense is it would hasten death, whereas mm-hmm. a person might be up there for days; yeah. they're going to die quicker. Right. They get to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they kind of go, no reason to break this guy's legs. Yeah, he's already dead. So one of the soldiers must have said, prove it. Mm-hmm. So what did they do then? Yeah, they took a Roman spear and yeah. uh, put it uh, through his side. Yeah, up through his side. Into of course, he's, he's elevated, so they right. come up under mm-hmm. the rib cage, mm-hmm. through his side. and they Water and blood. Water and blood. Mm. And that's significant too, mm-hmm. right? I think it is. I think uh, it is. That, that, that sack around the heart, mm-hmm. just like most of our organs are protected, mm-hmm. uh, in a time of extreme stress, mm. the sac- uh, uh, my mom died of uh, congested oh, heart really? failure. Oh, wow. So you know, it's when the heart is so burdened by mm-hmm. 
the pressure around it, the sac, mm. that it just stops beating. Mm. And yeah. some people call that a broken heart. Yes, yes. So, yes. you know, it, it might be appropriate to say that Jesus died of a broken heart. Right. It, that might be a little romanticism mm-hmm. there, but mm-hmm. he, he loved the world so much that he gave his life for the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when they saw that water mixed with blood, which normally we just see blood, mm-hmm. knowing that they had pierced the, the heart of Jesus, that says it had stopped beating and the mm-hmm. water was continuing to form around the heart. Right. So they did not break his legs, which right. is amazing because in Psalms it talks about that, and then symbolically in Exodus it right. talks about that. In and Exodus talks about when they were to prepare the, the lamb that was mm-hmm. brought into the home right. before the Passover, that when they killed it, don't break its legs. Yes, yeah. uh, Exodus twelve forty six, And then Psalm thirty four twenty says he, he guards all his bones, not one of them uh, is broken. You know, And, yeah. and what well, you quoted a little bit ago, uh, John the Baptist said in John 1, uh, 29, Behold the Lamb of God. And so just putting all of that together, right. uh, you realize that he being the Lamb of God, and then prophetically that his bones would not be broken. Yeah, yeah. and so... Uh, he was already dead. Yeah. And Something we were just talking about a minute ago that we didn't talk about in pre-show prep was um, criminals <clears throat> typically had no one to claim their bodies mm-hmm. because they had been disowned by the family many times. Their only friends were other criminals or right. people that they led. So to dispose of a body on the cross, um, they oftentimes would, if no one claimed it, they would take that body and throw it off the side of the hill, which mm. Jerusalem was on a hill. Mm-hmm. And you being there, you know this, that, that it sits on a hill and on the southeast corner of the hill, which is the highest point, is is pretty much close to the temple yeah. uh, wall right. there. Right. Which when Satan took Jesus to the highest point and said, cast yourself off, that's mm-hmm. where he would have gone. But you have, you have two valleys. One valley separates the Temple Mount from the Mount of Olives, mm-hmm. and that's called the Kidron Valley. Right. And then the almost making a V then, the, the other leg of the V, the, the on the right is the Kidron Valley. The left V Valley is the Valley of Gehenna or Hinna mm-hmm. or Hinnon Valley right. down through there. And upon up on top of that, that, that angle is where... Uh, David's fortress is built. Mm-hmm. It's the old city of David. It's actually the earliest part of Jerusalem. Yeah. It kind of built up the hill there. That valley was where they would throw the bodies mm-hmm. of the deceased that no one would claim. Mm-hmm. And because the reason why they did that was that was the dump heap right. for the city of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They would take everything, push it off that, mm-hmm. and there was a fire that smoldered right. there constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ravens would go there mm-hmm. the the maggots the worms right, the right. flies would be there mm-hmm. in the carcasses not only of people but of dead animals mm-hmm. and refuse and everything when jesus spoke of hell mm-hmm. that was his picture the picture of it yes, yes. when he said right. where the worm doesn't die they always have something to eat that's right, what that yeah. means there's yeah. always something for them mm-hmm. to feast upon he talks about the smoke and the mm-hmm. darkness and everything that was mm-hmm. hinnon yeah. Yep. which was the picture when Jesus talked about hell. Exactly. I've read, Dr. D, uh, as well, that that is one of the reasons that there were so many eye ailments back in that day is because of the smoke and the nastiness that would be in that area at that time. Yeah, if, you had, a, if you had a southerly wind, yes. it would blow yeah. it straight into the temple right. area, uh-huh. into the city. And that side, I don't want to get too technical here, but yeah. that side is Mount Zion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's where exactly. the aristocrats right. live. That's probably where Jesus went on uh, the night that he was betrayed mm-hmm. because he said he went to an upper room and yeah. we all think of our 
upper rooms. The upper rooms were built on people's homes that had the money to do so because mm-hmm. the heat was so stifling. They would go upstairs right. and it would be pretty much an exposed room. It would mm-hmm. have a it would have a ceiling, yeah. but it would be almost all open windows right. at the top where the wind end would mm-hmm. blow through and it would give them yep. refreshment from the heat. Yes. Well, it also opened it up to the stench of right. that of yeah. that yeah. valley. Yeah. You know, it's getting me excited. I know you're going in November again, mm-hmm. and I'm going in January yeah. again. And so talking about this just gets me pumped up. Seeing ready. that place again and, yeah. and just visualizing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite place is the reason I brought it up is recently, we, the last two, not the first two times, but last two, we've gone to um, the city of David. Mm, yeah. And that's the, that's a, that is a current archaeological dig right. yeah. that they're going on. And you stand there uh, on, on the wall, which is looking down into the the Kidron Valley, but the Hinnom Valley is just mm-hmm. to your right, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where David would look down upon Bathsheba. Yeah, <laughs> yes, indeed, yeah. that's true. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, yep. it just brings it. It does all to life. Yeah, I've often right said, there. I often said that when you go to the Holy Land uh, or to Israel, you, you really begin to read the Bible in color. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can see it in color, you can smell it. I mean, it's it, it is amazing. It is exact true. I heard that very same thing, and mm-hmm. and now I open the Bible immediately. I yep. get a picture of that right. spot when when Elijah's on the Mount Carmel mm, yes. and the prophets yeah. of Baal and and you know Jezebel's prophets mm-hmm. and priestess and priestesses. You're standing there. You don't know if you're standing on the spot, but you're yeah. on a hillside. You're, you're on there. Yeah. And and then you look down in the valley. And mm-hmm. what valley are you looking? You're looking the valley of Megiddo. Yes, indeed. Where it's all gonna where it's all gonna end up, <laughs> yes. and and that, yeah. I mean, oh my goodness, right, it's just right. it it just yeah. snaps to Napoleon life. Napoleon right called then. that the world's greatest battleground, and when you're looking at it, you yeah. can tell why. Yeah, you know, and pretty incredible the, stuff. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. And then so you can see the Mediterranean if you look back toward mm-hmm. the west. You can see a little sliver of the Mediterranean mm-hmm. where he kept telling his servant to go look for a cloud. Yes. And yes. then he came back and said, I see the cloud the size right. of a Man, man's fist. Yes. And that wasn't a cloud literally, you know, six inches mm-hmm. across, but mm-hmm. he saw it in the distance over right. the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. If you held your hand up, you could cover that cloud with your mm-hmm. fist, which meant a storm was a brewing. Yes. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, it does. It comes yeah. to life it's so exciting. much when you're there. Right. Uh, we, we, we digress. We digress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, was Jesus' grave like ours? Well, what is our grave going to be like? You know, yeah, I mean, um, used to we knew. Yes, everyone got buried the same way, right? right? I mean, right. I grew up next to a graveyard, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a pretty happening place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was there's people meeting yeah. up there all the time. Right. You bit you dig six mm-hmm. feet down and yes. lay the coffin. You put a sarcophaga, as we would right. they would say in their movies, but we that that lid on mm-hmm. that, and then you poured the dirt on top of it. You're mm-hmm. talking about six feet under, pushing up daisies, whatever right, you want right. to call it. And that's yeah. how typical Western burials, but it's changing a lot. It is. It really, really is. Nowadays, how many times do you get asked the question about cremation? A lot. Yeah, me too. A lot. And uh, really, it's not mentioned in Scripture. Right. Um, and, and so... You know, I, I remember reading many years ago, Dr. D. Billy Graham said it was it's not mentioned in Scripture, um, and so he was not going to speak definitively upon it, yeah. and uh, but really did not see anything biblically wrong with cremation, right. uh, because one of these days uh, at the resurrection, I mean, we're going to be dust anyway. Yes. And then you have those who had died in 9-11, you're going to have those who perished in a, a boating accident, you know, and, and God's just going to pull it all together and we're going to meet him in the sky. Yeah. And so uh, anyone that has ever asked me about cremation, I, I basically uh, said, well, Billy Graham said, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, there's an interesting thing at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, not the resurrection, but at his crucifixion, where there's that real weird verse where the graves were opened mm. in Jerusalem and the saints yeah. walked. Right. Remember yeah. that? I do remember that. And we think graves are popping up and people come from a grave. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. It's not what that... Because right. Jesus wasn't buried that way and they did not mm-hmm. bury people that way. Mm-hmm. That they're, they're, If you were to be buried like Jesus, it, the closest you get now would be to be in a ma- mausoleum, right. uh, buried above ground in, you know, where you can actually pull the body out, push the body back mm-hmm. in again. And even that is not correct right. because uh, you and I have both been in a place where it could have been Jesus' mm-hmm. tomb. It is a pretty cool place. It's a though. beautiful place. When you're in the garden tomb mm-hmm. and uh, you look to the right and they've got it behind bars now, but there is a there is a ledge there that mm-hmm. has been, there's actually one on the right and one on the left mm-hmm. and where they have chiseled out where a body might lay. Right. Yeah. And uh, you try your best, right, to reach in there as far <laughs> as you can. And I've got my picture in there, and yeah. so do you, and right. that sort of thing. Uh, and then, isn't there a, in there an inscription? He is that, not here, he is, not, he is risen. Yes. yes. Isn't that so cool? Can I tell you, that the, when uh, the first time I visited that, I was with probably about 60 pastors. Uh, I was in my 20s the first time I went to the Holy Land. Wow. And um, we almost got kicked out of there because we were in the tomb, yeah. uh, several of us. You know, a lot can't go in there. Right. But several of us were in there. And, man, we got to singing, shouting so loudly that those who ran the place at that time, right. they came in, they said, you're going to have to hush. You can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> and, and so oh, they left, and we started back You picked again. it back up we again. We picked it back up again. Uh, and so I almost got kicked out of the garden, too. Uh, but, <laughs> but we quieted down that's in time. <laughs> that, it, I, t- yeah. I took a... A cruise ship one time took some people with me, and we did uh, stories at sea. Mm-hmm. I did all the stories that I could find in scripture about storms at sea. Oh, that's and so we got a piano bar. They gave us a piano bar to go in when they yeah. weren't using it. Did a Bible study. Well, we met after the piano bar. It was out in the in just an open area, you know, where the deck where everybody walks, mm-hmm. and we sit down on some couches and stuff. And uh, a guy who is dressed like Abraham Lincoln, never forget this. <laughs> Why? I guess to make money to have pictures made with him. Whatever. <laughs> this gets weirder. Oh, <laughs> Amanda. Dressed like Abraham Lincoln with a wood saw. <laughs> and he could play that wood saw. You know how you bend oh it? Yeah. Yes. Like that? He sat down and we said, can you play something? Well, he played a, a gospel song. So can you play more? We all started singing and he was... So here you got a group of Christians <laughs> said the Billis cruise ship with Abraham Lincoln playing a wood saw. And they had to come tell us we had to stop... <laughs> We were disturbing the passengers. I thought, what's disturbing about this? Abraham <laughs> Abraham hilarious. Lincoln playing what's all us singing. I don't know what's disturbing. But we just got booted off, set in one of those, you know, boats and sent to the mainland. You know what's so amazing is I've known you for over 30 years and I've never heard that No, story. I've never told you that story. I wouldn't have started with that story if I knew 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. It, it just tells you how many... Stories are in my life <laughs> yes. that we have not dug deep into the deep recesses of that darkness. But that was so funny. Yeah. That was so funny. That's great. Anyway, that yeah. Great. So you know, I've been. You, I, I like yours better, but being kicked yeah. out of the tomb. <laughs> but mine didn't involve Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> so no, uh, Jesus' grave wasn't like ours right. anyway. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's more akin to. Cut out of a rock. Cut out of a rock. Right. This was a new tomb. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. No Joseph one had ever been laid in there. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. And our great. 
preaching minds ago. Yeah. Jesus never owned one. He just rented it for the yeah. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't need one of his own. Yeah, you must have heard my sermon. So. <laughs> did you use that term? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did, and I should. I'll go yeah. back and listen to it. <laughs> But so, when you looked in, they could see the body. I yeah. mean, because John and Peter got to the tomb. Yeah. You know, John outran Peter. He mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, he does. He was, <laughs> he was younger. His ankles hadn't given away yet. <laughs> but uh, they could look in and see what they thought was going to be the yeah. body. Yeah. The women looked in there yeah. first, though, remember. Don't ever forget. Right. Women got there That's first. Right. Right. And then uh, Mary was, right? Mm-hmm. So, so Jesus then thought he was the gardener. Yeah. So when they got there, Doc, did they find the bones of Jesus? They didn't, they didn't find anything but cloth. Okay, that was our that's, that's our next topic yeah. here. Did yeah. they find the bones of Jesus? And the reason why I brought this up, yeah. uh, and it's just because I love archaeology. Right. You know, I read all about archaeology. And back in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. they found a box called an ossuary, and we'll right. discuss that in a minute, that the inscription said, James, the son of Joseph, the brother of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And before it was over with, it got circulated around. Did you hear they found the box with right. Jesus' bones in it? Well, of course, if you found the box with Jesus' bones, then you discredit the resurrection, right. right? And I looked into it as others, and, and it wasn't that. Jesus' name was on a bone box, which mm-hmm. is ossuary. And, but it said James, right. bro, a son of Joseph, brother of Jesus. So what would happen was, and, and this would have happened had Jesus not resurrected, mm-hmm. um, body would lay in the tomb for about a year, mm-hmm. and the body would decompose. They would pick up the fragments of that, mm-hmm. particularly just the bones, uh, the skeleton, and then they would place them in a box slightly larger than uh, a shoe box, right. about 19 inches, mm-hmm. you know, 8 or 10 inches wide, whatever. Uh, and it was usually made of limestone, some we've sort of rock. Some of those boxes yeah, there, they're yeah. in the Museum of Antiquities right. there in Jerusalem. And I think we've actually seen this one. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I'm think, I think we saw this one. Um, and then... They would ascribe, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like Fred Flintstone, <laughs> on the on the exterior of the limestone, right. that like us a tombstone. Uh-huh. You put this person lived, this person died, da da da, beloved brother, faithful husband, whatever, mm-hmm. and that's what they would put on there. And uh, everybody went what? Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, it was so exacting. <clears throat> No one who's outside of the faith, a lot of people outside of the faith who are militant against the faith, hate for anything to attest to the validity of the life of Jesus, his family, mm-hmm. called it forgery. Yeah. So there was a 12, 14 year, I think it was 12 year, 12 year trial mm. to say that that was forgery. They had experts say mm-hmm. the engraving is not deep enough. Look, it looks fresh and it was probably done yeah. in this generation or whatever. Right. Actually, after 12 years of investigation and and. and they said this trial does not say that that was not authentic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that it is authentic, but we we can't say it's. They they charged though dude for something else, mm-hmm. so like illegal trading on the antiquities market yeah. or something like right. that. But they gave him back the box. <laughs> yeah, they got the box back, and uh, to me that's a beautiful. I mean, we see that even back in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. they would ask, "Was it Abraham that asked that his bones be returned?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what it meant. Once they they decayed, because you wonder well, that's a weird yeah. request. Yeah. But that was a practice. You right. would you would you would be gathered with your forefathers, mm-hmm. and the family would be together mm-hmm. because you would stack those things together, and you could identify the bones of each by yeah. what was on the box. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there is no ossuary of Jesus. None. No. Because there was no body to decay. Exactly. And yeah. particularly three days, and not mm-hmm. not uh, that's also interesting. That remember Jesus got to the tomb of Lazarus on the. Yeah, fourth day, day. Mm-hmm. and there was a belief by some Jews then that actually the spirit, the right. soul of the person would sort hover of hung around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
but when that body started to become unrecognizable and mm-hmm. there was no chance that, that that body would come back to life, right. the spirit or the soul would leave. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they say, hey, it's the fourth day. <laughs> His body is beginning yeah. to stink yes. now. You know, so there's yeah. no chance. You can't even reunite that right. soul with that body yes. anymore. The King James Version says stinketh. I love stinketh. It. it stinketh. His body stinketh? Is that what it says? <laughs> he stinketh so. yeah. by now he or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I need to get back and read the King James every once in a while. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. So anyway, um, what happened while the body of Jesus was in the tomb? This is a loaded question. Probably shouldn't have waited till near the end of our podcast no, for this. I'm glad one. you did. I'm so glad you did. Well, let's look at it from one perspective, not okay. the difficult perspective. About yeah. the disciples. Yeah, well, the disciples, they, I mean, they fled. They were in hiding. Yeah. You know, uh, their best friend, their mentor, their teacher mm-hmm. uh, is uh, is no longer with them. Yeah. And uh, there was confusion, I think, uh, and just fear. Yeah. Just absolute fear of, uh, of what's going to happen to them. A lot of people uh, think, and, and I just can't be proven again, but you remember Jesus telling his disciples before the Passover meal, I go into the city, you'll find a man who's bearing a pitcher of water. Mm-hmm. Ask, ask that man where the room has been prepared right. for us to enjoy the Passover yeah. together. And and that was a sign because men didn't carry pitchers of water. Mm-hmm. So this guy would literally be giving them a sign yeah, that good. you see this one weird thing going on in the city. That's the person you ask. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus had already pre-planned this thing. So he probably had a follower mm-hmm. in the city of Jerusalem who was wealthy enough to have an upper room. Remember how we mm-hmm. described the upper room? Right. That was probably up in Mount Zion because that's mm-hmm. where most of those kinds of rooms were. And so a lot of people believe that the Passover room, and I, I'm one of those people who believe this is probability, uh, was the same room where they adjourned to at his death to mm-hmm. gather. Yeah, I think so. And the same room they adjourned to 50 days later mm-hmm. on the day of Pentecost mm-hmm. when the Spirit of God was given. Right, right. So this place, because it was a follower of Christ, guys, you can use this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is Because they had no place. Yeah. They'd given up everything. And most of them didn't live in Jerusalem either. Mm-hmm. You know, So they had no place to go. So they stayed in Jerusalem. So, yeah, they, they would have fled, but they probably would have come back together, huddled together mm-hmm. and go, what are we going to do now? Right. Uh, and an interesting thing about that was that Jesus wasn't the first Messiah. He was the first true Messiah. Mm-hmm. But there have been several false messiahs mm-hmm. who came yeah. along. Because Jews primarily didn't believe what Jesus was doing. They believed that the Messiah would come along and become a powerful leader and overthrow the kingdom of Rome mm-hmm. and bring back Israel to its glory again in this world. Yes. And, man, again, we're near the end of the podcast. Yeah. Can't get yeah. that. Remember yeah. what that conversation that Jesus right. had with Pilate exactly. about the kingdom. Yes. Um, but most messiahs. So mm-hmm. inevitably, somebody would kill that messiah. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't resurrect. Mm-hmm. And so the guys had a couple of choices. We yeah. either disband this, go back to our lives right. like before, or we find us a new Messiah. <laughs> and so they would find a new Messiah, follow him, same mm-hmm. thing would happen. It would be repeated over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, Jesus said, uh, are you going to go follow somebody else? Mm. Yeah, John 6. Yeah, They said, who are we going to go? Yeah. Nobody right. else has the words of life. That's right, brother. You're the, you talk different than all the other mm-hmm. messiahs that have come along. Mm-hmm. So they weren't going to go to someone else, mm-hmm. but they weren't sure what happened to Jesus right. either. Right. And so they just kind of gathered, probably prayed, probably mm-hmm. worried, mm-hmm. probably discussed, cussed, everything yeah. else um, for that period of time over that weekend. Yes, yeah. They were very fearful. Yeah. Very fearful. But, 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 okay, so I think we can determine, although scripture's kind of silent, we can put the pieces together mm-hmm. about what they did until that Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Jesus? That uh, basically what he did that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just weekend plans. Well, yeah, what are you doing this weekend? 
<laughs> well, we can start at the cross. Right. What did he say to the thief on the cross? Today. Today, this very day. Yeah, you'll be truly, truly, verily, verily. Yes. Most certainly, most certainly. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, you'll be with me this day in paradise. In paradise. And so we know. Not heaven. Uh, no, no, not heaven. No, paradise. But paradise. Yeah. And so we know that took place. Yes. You know. And um, and so as we had talked pre-recording, uh, um, there's one guy that said that there are 20 different ways to look at that period, you know. And then Martin Luther, the reformer, said that someone had calculated 180 different ways uh, to look at it. Yeah. And uh, those scriptures in First Peter. Yeah, First no. Peter three nineteen and 20. Yes, yes. And, and so, um, you know, there's some things that I think we just, because our minds are finite, yep. Doc, we just can't know. You know, we can't explain the Trinity um, exactly. There's right. no way to explain the Trinity. Yep. We believe it yep. because it's truth, but it's hard to explain. Yeah. You know, and then I think there are things that um, there's just not enough information given uh, to be definitive about, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we can piece some things together. Um, but I, I don't. It's very difficult to be definitive. Yeah, let me read that passage that we're yeah. talking about, and I'm going to add the passage before or the the verse before it. First Peter three eighteen through twenty says, "For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit." By whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. You and I were talking that that passage makes perfectly good sense, except for that one phrase. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can I, I preach this, yeah, yeah. but it says, who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, I'm going, man, why did you put that in there? Because otherwise, yeah. um, Jesus descended to preach to those who were in prison. Mm-hmm. And and we talk about Hebrews, talking mm-hmm. about the people who look forward to the promise right. of God, who we know is the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And that being fulfilled in Jesus, mm-hmm. who died once for all, yeah. and that uh, they waited for that. In a place that we learn when we talk about the the parable, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, mm-hmm. where the unjust went into a place of suffering, right. the just who was the beggar went into Abraham's bosom, yes. what we would call paradise. Luke sixteen, yes. yes, and there's a great chasm in between mm-hmm. those two different ones. Mm-hmm. Those people who were gathering on the side of Abraham's bosom were there waiting for the promise. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus comes. He says, "Okay, let me take my scars down there, yep. up there, over there, wherever that wherever is." That- and show himself and say, I'm the one in whom you have believed. I'm going to lead you out right now mm. and lead them into the presence yeah. of God, which is heaven. So yes. out of paradise into heaven while leaving those others on the other side of the chasm mm-hmm. in the place of torment. Mm-hmm. That all, I mean, to me, that all makes perfectly good sense. Yes. So actually into paradise went that thief because mm-hmm. he was the last. Right. Right. And went down there, yes. and then they all got led yeah. out again by Jesus preaching. It says in Jesus Psalm preaching. 68, 18, you have ascended on high, you have led captivity captive. Yeah. You know, you've received gifts among men, even the rebellious, the, that the Lord God might dwell there. You've led captivity captive. Yeah. And, um, and so um, I, I think that... Um, it, it, that is, you know, Peter, <laughs> Peter one time said, man, Paul writes some difficult things. 
Hey, listen. Wait a minute, Peter. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That this is a difficult passage. Right. Except, I mean, it's not except for that one. And and yeah. as you said, it's been interpreted how many? What? One hundred and eighty. One hundred and eighty different calculations. I, yeah, I could probably come up with one eighty one. So, <laughs> yeah. And as we are sharing what we you know believe closest to it. Folks driving down the road right now, you know, I'm sure they've looked at it a different way. That's right. You know, and so it is just so hard yeah. uh, to be exact on that. I just, there are some things that we just can't know. But in the spirit, Jesus yeah. was not uh, immobile. Right. He was busy. Very busy. During that time, yes. while his body mm-hmm. lay in the tomb. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, so that's going to say a lot about what we get to next week. Yes, I'm not going to get into that any deeper. Yes. Let's just let's just do one more thing then. Okay. We 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 try to keep this to about 42 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um what about what about our faith? Would there be a Christian faith if it were not for the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Would there be a Christian faith, not a reality, you know. Um I've often told my church that if I did not believe in the resurrection, I would just go do something else. Yeah. I mean, there is absolutely no way that I would spend my time, you know, just um, preaching something that I did not believe that Jesus, and we're going to talk about it next week, Mm -hmm. rose from the grave. Right. You know. Yeah. And uh, there's an incredible passage in First Fifth, First Corinthians 15. Yeah. That deals with that very thing. Yeah. And um, and so. Uh, there, there would be no Christian faith in reality yeah. is, is the way that I would look at it. Yeah, I, the way I think about it is this. We, we have the wonderful teachings of mm-hmm, Jesus, mm-hmm. and a lot of people only want to look at Jesus as a rabbi, right. a great teacher, and he was. He was the greatest teacher to ever live. Mm-hmm. But we would have his teaching, but it would be without substance. Right. Mm-hmm. There would be no foundation for his teaching because that the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus was the exclamation point of yeah. his teaching exactly it was it was okay you can believe everything i said mm-hmm. you know um i said the father and i are one mm-hmm. you want to know what the father's doing look at me right. and everything he taught about destroying this temple in three days i'll resurrect it again i'll build mm-hmm. this temple speaking of his own body mm-hmm. all the things he said would have rung hollow right empty yes if it weren't for his yeah. death burial and resurrection paul said in first corinthians 15 as i mentioned and if christ is not risen your faith is futile. You're yeah. still in your sins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'd have wonderful teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could probably live together wonderfully reading in the Old and New Testament. Right. If we would follow them, we still don't follow them as is. But anyway, if we were, it, it's a great way to live, but uh, for this life only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, I agree. Yeah. If we have hope in this life only, yes. we are men most miserable. Most miserable. So, yeah, yeah I, I think the Evangelion. Mm. The good news, yes. The good news yes. is not just the teachings of right. Jesus, uh, but the death, burial, and resurrection of yes. Jesus. He's alive. Yeah, we serve a risen Savior. So that's why I love yeah. Easter, brother. Yes, indeed. I love it. I love yeah. it. And, uh, and speaking of man, if you're going to bring me a chocolate Easter bunny, do not bring a hollow one. You want peanut butter, or you, you know, want solid? Ooh, I, I like solid. Okay, just solid. Yeah, yeah, solid. Do you like? Yeah. Do you like uh, Peeps? <laughs> I'm getting by your reaction. You don't like peeps. You don't. Do you eat a peep? I do. Do you eat a peep? I eat wow. peeps. Wow. I'm the great thing is, peeps. I'm the only one in my family that likes peeps. Oh. So when peeps are brought, yeah, I get all the peeps. <laughs> I love 
love your Braves hat you got on right now. Thank you. That's nice. Like yeah, that. this is a lot. Uh, this is authentic. Bought at the Braves Stadium. Really? Yeah. This is. Yeah. I don't know if you know it's on the side. It's. Yes. Yeah, it's. It's. It's, like it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing a hat this morning because. I, this is a good segue. We'll be closing. I got up this morning. I always get up early. You and I both get up early. Yes. We're texting each other sometimes at five forty-five in the uh, morning yeah. when many people. And we've already been up. Yes, we've been up for a while. I've already drinking my coffee. Um, that I got, got so excited about the studying for my upcoming four-week study at Dallas Bay mm-hmm. uh, that uh, I just got lost track of time, <laughs> and so I meandered upstairs where our bedroom is and uh, started to brush my teeth. And I looked at the clock. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm usually at the podcast barn by now. And so I did not have time to shower and to shave. Yeah. And when you get 64 years old, if you don't wash your hair and put wax in it, it lays flat against your head. Right. And so I put a ball cap on. Yeah. And I appreciate it. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's not a pretty picture. No, I didn't get I would have been giggling. So I'm wearing my, I'm not sure now at this point whether I'll shave or shower today, I may just <laughs> go on the rest of the day this way. Anyway, I got so, but so I've renamed this thing. Okay. Uh, and I'm borrowing it from Chuck Colson. Yes. Call it Kingdoms and Conflict. It was going to be the afterlife. Mm-hmm. But, man, I just keep seeing how that, that mixes with when Jesus came, he introduced the kingdom of mm-hmm. heaven to people. And, he, and, and, and gosh, we're running over. People mm-hmm. could cut us off right now if you're mm-hmm. tired of it. Um, but I, w- I was with my grandson's ball game last night, mm-hmm. baseball game. Mm-hmm. It's so fun to watch. He's second grade. When Jesus came and spoke, to the people there on a hillside outside of Sea of Galilee, what mm-hmm. we call, you know, the Sermon on the Mount. And he began to introduce all these principles. They must have had the most puzzled look on their face mm. about the meek and, you know, the yeah. lowly and the poor. And because and, that was totally against anything they had ever been taught mm-hmm. up until that time. What Jesus was doing was he's introducing them to a set of principles that work out well in the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But they're just being introduced to that. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to them. This right. is a whole new concept. It's like watching my grandson. He gets up to the plate and he hits the ball. That's great. And you have to tell him to run to first, <laughs> tell him to run to second. And he plays second base. And he doesn't yet know all the rules of baseball. Right. So second base, you hit him the ball and, and he, he manages to fall in front of it, stop it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> This is new. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've learned the basics. I know there's a pitcher. I know there's a batter. Right. I know that you try to get to home plate. Mm-hmm. There's so much more, you mm-hmm. know, when you think about professional baseball, mm-hmm. that it's just, he looks puzzled yes. out there. Yeah. Jesus is doing that. Yeah. He's introducing the kingdom that has come. He, he's, it's not coming. Mm-hmm. It's here. Right. It's new. Mm. We don't know how to, we don't know how to deal with this yeah. stuff that you're giving us. So they're in kingdoms in conflict. They have the kingdoms of this world and they have the kingdom of heaven and they're coexisting and they're a right. part of both. That's good. That's I don't know what to good. do. And so <laughs> yeah. I, I began thinking about that. Right. right. <laughs> when was the kingdom lost? When was this, you know, and all this? Because what's it going to be like when it's totally yeah. made? And it takes us to the stages of our rebirth mm-hmm. all the way to the new heavens and new yeah. earth when the kingdom, kingdoms are no longer in conflict. Yeah. That's going to be a great study. I'm so excited. That's going to be great. So that's why I got late this morning. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed our discussion. Uh, and by the way, tell us when is uh, – why up going to have one, two services on Easter Sunday morning? We have one. Have of course, one. we have two campuses. Yes. So we'll have one at the Access Campus and then one at the Memorial Drive Campus. And uh, and we're pumped. We're excited. That's so cool. We handed out invite cards yeah. uh, Sunday. And so inviting those that were not involved in church somewhere. Yeah. And uh, Are you going to be so fully seating? You know, are you going to rope are. off? Mm-hmm. 
any place, but you can sit in where you right. want to. Uh-huh. Mask required? Not required. Okay. Um, but uh, but uh, and we have hand uh, sanitized stations and yeah. all that. No uh, holy kisses, though. No, no, we're not going to do a holy kiss. Okay. We're probably going to do an air high five. Yeah, yeah, I like those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did those years ago at Dallas right. Bay. Fist bumps, <laughs> holy fist bumps. All right. So if you guys are looking for a place to go, I know that Tony would love to have you at White Oak. You will definitely hear a great Easter morning message if you head to White Oak. If you're not going that way, Dallas Bay, I'm not there anymore as preacher. I won't be preaching Sunday morning, but Caesar is a great preacher. Mm-hmm. You'll enjoy that as well, the new senior pastor there at Dallas Bay. So be somewhere for Easter summer. We're going to say that again next week, but you need to be somewhere to celebrate the resurrection yes. of Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. Anything else, Tony? I can't think of a thing. God bless you guys. Uh, make sure that you uh, subscribe to this podcast. Let others know about it. We're trying to grow it. Uh, we we kind of hit a ceiling. We need to burst through, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so uh, both Tony and I are cheap. We're not going to pay for any uh, promotion. <laughs> so we need you guys to help us out. This needs to be organic growth, not yes. financial growth, right? <laughs> God bless you. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next time.